Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Hey, hey, hey. How's everyone doing today? You glad to be in church? I'm glad you're here. Amen. Amen. Welcome to week one of a series that we have affectionately referred to as our Young Guns series. We started this last year, and it's really, it's a series that we pretty much let the young communicators of Your Place Church take over. They take over for the whole month. And uh, when I say young, I don't necessarily mean young in age. I think our youngest one is 18, will be 19 by the time he speaks. Um, but I mean young in opportunities. And so they, they get the full month to speak. They get the full month to come and, and stand on this platform and share what God's talking with them about, what they're personally getting in their Bible reading times, a message that's maybe their life message, whatever it is, we give them the platform to do that. And a lot of people are like, well, why do you do that? Well, I came from an environment um, that the Sunday morning platform, and again, I understand the why behind the what, because we have a responsibility as pastors to make sure we're feeding the sheep properly. Like, we take that pretty seriously. But I came from an environment where no one got the Sunday morning platform. Um, if someone else had it, it was a seasoned minister that we brought in, and the younger guys never really got a chance to kind of spread their wings, so to speak. And we all know this from anything that we do in life. The more you do something, the better you get at it. And so it's one thing to go speak in kids, which is a, you know, a task in and of itself, to speak in front of teenagers. It's a completely different animal to speak in front of you guys, all right? And so we give them the entire month, well, except for today, I'm here today, but the entire month of July just to share their heart, and I'm super excited about this. Um, today, I'm going to share kind of a one-part message in this new series. One thing we pride ourselves on as a church is our desire, ability, if you will, to be vulnerable. I mean, authentic relationships is a core value that we have. We just talked about this in a, in a, in a recent series. We, we believe in authentic relationships, and I never wanted a church that I had to pretend at. Come on, give me an amen on that one. You don't come to a church that you have to pretend to be something that you are not to live a certain way that you don't. This is your place, church. Everybody has a place at your place, church. And I never wanted to feel like I, I couldn't be authentic. I couldn't live authentically in front of you without this fear of being judged or feeling like, again, that I have to pretend to be someone or something that I'm not. I want to be an honest pastor. I want to tell you exactly what God's talking to me about, and I want to tell you how I'm personally processing it. You know, a lot of people look at their pastor, and they, want, they, they think that their pastor commands his pants to stand up in the corner and then levitates over to them. You know what I mean? That's just so holy. Like, they're just amazing. I'm just a real dude, just like you. Amen? Some of the chicks are like, I'm not a dude. But anyway... So for the first message in our Young Guns series, today I've titled True Confessions of a Senior Pastor. <laughs> and so this is a segment where I get gut level honest with you about what it's like 
to be me. And if you're new with us today, do not form your opinion of our church based upon today's message, okay? This is just me being super raw and super unfiltered, and about 80% of the people in the room are going to go, this is good, this is good. 20, 10% of the people are going to go, what's about to happen? And then there will be 10% of the people in the room in all of our services, and I know you're here. You can cross your arms and say, well, I can't believe that. And I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared for that. So since all of the young guns are basically sharing their standalone messages, I'm going to as well. I typically preach in series, but today's just kind of a, a sniper, one shot, one and done. Uh, I thought about doing an entire series on this and call it just True Confessions of a Senior Pastor. I just don't think the people could handle it, all right? So, so I'm about to get on my soap box, and it's going to be so fun for me. So the, today's more about me than it is for you, all right? It's, it's more about me than it is about you. And this is, I get one weekend a year, all right? I get 35 minutes one time a year to really, really tell you what, what I'm really thinking, you know? Tell you what I'm really thinking about stuff. So we should pray before we begin. Father, help me. Amen. All right, so here we go. He knows what I meant by that statement. When I said help me, he, under, he heard, help me not make a fool of myself. Help me not run people off. Help me not say something I wish I didn't. He knew. God knows our heart. Amen? So when I was in Bible school, we had a professor, and I think the class was like intro to practical ministries is, is what I think it was. And I needed it. I mean, I was, I was 18 years old, had barely been saved two years at this point. I heard the call to, to, to go into ministry. And so what do you do when you hear the call to go into ministry? You go right into Bible school and you let them tell you how to pastor a church, which by the way, they didn't teach me anything about ministry. They taught me a lot about the word. They taught me a lot about his presence. And I, I, am, I am tremendously thankful for the, the Bible school I went to because I learned who the character of Jesus and my heavenly father is during that time. But they taught me zero about how to pastor you. Uh, that's, you only learn that from getting down in the trenches. And to prove the point, I had a, I had a pastor. Uh, actually, he was a professor. Uh, he had spent years in the ministry. And uh, he, he was telling us how we were to conduct ourselves as pastors in our community. And so he would tell a story of when he and some of his friends and family were we're working on his personal house, okay? So it was his personal house. They were up roofing the house, putting shingles on. And they ran out of nails, and so he was going to go into town and buy some nails. And so he comes off the roof, goes inside, takes a shower, changes out of his work clothes, puts on a suit and tie, gets in his car. He drives to the hardware store. He buys a box of nails, comes home, takes off his suit and tie, puts back on his work clothes, gets back up on the roof and continues the job. And he told me, told all of us, he says, that's what the people expect of you. When they see their pastor in public, they expect you to look the part because you could minister to anybody at any moment. And we understand that, we do. So that was the image in my head. So any time that I did not dress to the hills, I thought I was letting... God down 
when really it was a cultural thing, probably, um, a little bit more than, than it is today. So last week, I was, just so you know, I, I don't necessarily do that. Um, <laughs> last week, Taylor and I were building fence in his backyard, and I had like a pair of short jorts on. You know what jorts are, right? They're jean shorts, right? And I, and I tried, I, there was a pair of jeans that I, 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 I'm not wearing anymore, so I was going to turn them into jorts. And I, I, I cut them, and I thought I was cutting them right here. And I ended up, I mean, I'm talking Daisy Dukes, baby, right? <laughs> ended up cutting them about right here and all the strings. And so I'm trying to get the strings to come down because the strings are cool, right? And I, we have been in his backyard working for hours. It is hot out in Oklahoma right now. I have sweated through all the layers. You know what I'm talking about? All the layers have been sweated through, and we needed to run to Walmart. And so here's your pastor. If you happen to be in Walmart, walking through Walmart, sweat stains, pit stains, wearing jorts, okay? I may have failed that class in Bible school. But this is true confessions. Amen. Confession number one of a senior pastor. We love what we do. There is no greater calling on the face of the planet. We, I did not surrender to the call of the ministry. I genuinely accepted the call. I have the greatest job in the world, pastoring you. But sometimes it's exhausting. And I, I haven't met, I know it's not a shocker to most of you, I haven't met too many people who actually desire to do what we do, um, but it's almost therapeutic for me just to tell you what I do, and so it's, it's great. People assume that all I do is preach. Must be nice to work one day a week, pastor. Must be nice. You know, that's, I hear that a lot. People assume that all, all I do, um, and I've actually had the question, what, what do you do when you're not preaching, Right? I've had people say, you know, I'd like to come see you this afternoon, and since now it's not Sunday, I'm sure you're free. Like, that's what people say. Like, because, you know, you only preach. That's, that's, that's what we pay you to do, right? You preach, and then we don't know what you do, right? So, so I will tell you what we do. Um, we do more than preach, but since how we're talking about preaching, all right? First of all, the fear of public speaking is the number one fear in the world over the fear of death, okay? And it takes a lot to create a completely original, powerful, life-changing, engaging, entertaining, thought-provoking, eternally-based, 75-minute production from scratch every seven days. Like, that's what we do. And so no other industry on the planet has to do that. Hollywood doesn't have to do that. Hollywood gets years in an unlimited budget. Theater doesn't even get to do that. They do the same show again and again and again and again. We actually create a completely original, never been heard before, powerful, life-changing, engaging, entertaining, because if we don't make you laugh, you're bored. Entertaining thought-provoking, eternally-based, 75-minute, not 76 minutes, 75-minute production from scratch every seven days. Woo! 
True confessions of a senior pastor. Tell us what you're really thinking, Darian. I'm about to, all right. We, as pastors, we actually work 12-hour days. And a lot of people wonder, well, what do you do in 12 hours? My day starts about 5.30, 6 o'clock every single day. I, I hit the gym. This doesn't just happen. I'm waiting for Tara to walk out of the service, all right? I'm just waiting for her to walk out of the service. I hit the gym. Uh, I try to be back at the house by 7 a.m. where Tyra and I have our, what we call our morning meeting. Typically, it's me and her drinking coffee and talking about our day, the appointments on our calendars, meetings that we have that day, trying to map out if we have an evening together or what our evenings look like. We actually hold office hours, even though all of our offices are completely destroyed right now. In fact, we were, we were occupying this little, we call it the courtyard space back here in the, in the building. They took that away from us now. So now we're trying to office wherever we can. Some people are at Wonder City and Locust Grove. Some people are in their homes. Some people are just officing out of their car because it's quiet. But we actually hold office hours. And it's... It's one of those things that um, we, we have a lot to do. In fact, we're counselors, we're career coaches, we're business advisors, we're custodians, we're arbitrators, we're social workers, we're volunteer coordinators, we're events managers, we're CEOs, we're fundraisers, we're recruiters, we're trainers, we're scholars, we're writers, we're managers, we're into public relations. And any one of those things would be a full-time job, and they are. But we do them all. But what makes our job uniquely different is at the end of the workday, most of those people actually go home. They're able to leave their work at the office. We actually are still working. And the reason why is because the primary calling of our life is we're pastors first. We're pastors first. And so if we're pastors first, then that means we meet with you when you're available to, to meet. And so because you also have a full-time job, the only time you can meet for marriage counseling, leadership training, departmental meetings, personal development, is in the evening. So we work our full hourly schedule just like you do. And then because you're available to meet after hours, we still are working to meet with you. Does that make sense, friends? Then on top of that, all of us are either leading or attending a life group because we just believe in them. And so all of this is what my average work week looks like. And don't get me wrong, we love what we do. It's just exhausting sometimes to maintain that pace. And so we're, we're, we're reminded, and this is a good scripture for all of us. This is not just to pastors. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. Like, we're doing good. We, we know that. All of you who serve on the dream team in some capacity or who give or whatever, who are going to be a part of serve day uh, in the next week or so, like, don't get weary in doing good. And then he tells us why. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen. The scripture knew, knows that, you know what, sometimes the pace can become unsustainable, don't give up. Don't give up. So we take that to heart. We know that. So we stay prayed up. 
We stay Bibled up. Our morning divorce, uh, I about said divorces. That's not happening. That's not happening. <laughs> Our morning devotions are, they're not just optional for us if we get to it like they are our life when you give out as so much as 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 we do we've got to put something back in there otherwise the well dries up you know what i'm saying we got to keep that well full but every year our board of directors thought it was necessary that i take a few weekends off that i can just recharge my batteries so every summer i'll take a few weekends off and i'm not just not preaching i'm not here like, I'm, I'm off. I don't come into the office when we had offices. Um, I'm not thinking about the church. And, and everybody's like, panic. <gasps> the church is going to go down. No, it's not. We have a lead staff and a pastoral team that, quite honestly, are making the decisions around here anyway. Amen. Most of the decisions made at your place church, I would say 80% of them, can be made by a reasonably educated junior high girl. Ten percent of them by a reasonably, reasonably educated college person. But you have me around for that last ten percent. Those decisions, that's what you pay me the big bucks for which I'm kidding about. All right. <clears throat> there is no, no one gets into ministry to get rich. I'll just say that. Moving right along. So uh, what I found out since the board of directors uh, has encouraged me to do this is I have found out that a change of pace plus a change of place actually equals a change in perspective. I read a book for me, not, not to get a message series out of. I just, I just read a book for me. I spend days in silence and solitude. I, I, I do something that refreshes my soul. I stop grinding for a season. I take naps. I um, clean my garage. You know what I mean? I, I do whatever I want to do for just those few days. And the great thing about it is my staff doesn't call me. Um, again, we have a, a completely capable lead staff and pastoral team. Um, if, if the toilet is overflowing, which we don't have toilets right now, if the restroom trailer is overflowing, um, I don't know about it. If it's warm back in the kids' ministry environments, I don't know about it, which consequently today I'm still on and I do know about it. That's why we have ordered, newsflash, another massive AC unit and ductwork that everybody in the back row right now is freezing about, you know? We've ordered one of those for the gym. It will be here in two weeks. Come on, celebrate what God is doing. Amen? I love it. Because our kids' ministry, our kids, like you, you, you pick your kids up after service and you're like, wow, it must be hot back there. No, listen, we've got it comfortable back there. They're running. That's how come they're sweating, okay? So they are, but we do know that like July's here and we need to be ready for it. So we, we've gone ahead and justified cooling your kids down. So we're spending another $36,000, which because you guys are such generous givers, we have in savings. Hello. We were able just to make the decision. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. 
We don't talk church issues when I'm off. My, all of my kids are involved in ministry, and when they come home, and if, because church is who we are, not just what we do, our conversations revolve around it, and they try their best during July just not to say, just not to tell me about the little, the little fires that they're putting out, stuff like that. Like, it's just, I'm just off. I don't, I don't get on my social media, which I haven't been on my social media for, since the last time I stopped social media um, in any kind of a real lasting way. And so if you've tried to reach out to me via social media, I probably didn't get it. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just not there anymore. Amen? So this is, this is what I do. Um, if your marriage decides to implode in July, my leadership team will help you. Are you with me? No, I need the pastor. No, you don't. There are people on our staff that are well-trained to do what I do even better than I do it. Can I have an amen? We love what we do, but sometimes it's exhausting. Confession number two, <laughs> you expect us to be here for you when you need us, but we shouldn't expect you to be here for us when we need you. We're getting down the weeds now. <laughs> now, obviously, the you that I'm referring to is not you because you're here. Amen. Amen. It's all the people watching online right now or, you know, listening to the podcast or, or just not here. Now, this is what we understand as pastors. We have to be ready. We know that because you expect us to be ready. So we understand our role. Second Timothy chapter 2, study to, to do your best to present yourself to God approved, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Like, we see that. We know that. We know that 2 Timothy 4 says, preach the word, exclamation point. Be ready in season and out of season. In other words, on the weekend and when you're buying nails to build fence with, right? You got to be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke. Exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Like, we understand that. We do. We understand that Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23 says, Be sure to know the condition of your flocks, you guys, and give careful attention to your hearts or herds. Hearts would also apply. But give careful attention to your herds. And we so bad want to know our flocks. But when our, when our sheep don't come around, it's hard to know them. I knew I wasn't going to get much amens today, but I'm still driving it through. We work really, really, really hard for this. This whole experience called Your Place Church. We pray for you. We call your names and the names of your children out to the Lord. I can't tell you how many times when I was on social media, I would, I would get my Facebook out and I would just go through my friends list. And people who are here or who I haven't seen in a while, I would still call their names up before the Lord. And if the, if the Holy Spirit would prompt me to pray for your marriage, to pray for your relationships, to pray for your finances, to pray for your kids, I pause and I do that. We work really hard in finding out what God wants to say to you. 
That's how come you meet me in the foyer afterwards and you say, Pastor, I felt like I was the only person in the room today. That's because we sought God for you. We wanted God to speak to us for you. And then we study really hard and create a extremely powerful, life-changing, engaging, entertaining, thought-provoking, eternally-based 75-minute experience for you. And you may or may not show up this weekend. And of course, you're here, so I'm not talking about you. The you is the general population, all right? That's the, the general population of it. And we just have to be okay with it. Well, Pastor, we have lives that we have to live. And you can't expect us to be here every weekend, even though we expect you to be. You have no idea how fun it is for me to just say it out loud. You know what I mean? Just got to say it out loud. Someone, every pastor who's ever pastored in the room is about to get their hanky out. Amen. When we want you to be a part of Serve Day because we want to make a difference in our community, when we want you to help us make an impact in the foster care community, when we want to put together like a, a, a worship facility that not only honors God, but reaches into a community and makes space, heck, when we just want you to open a door and smile for people, just be friendly. Think back to your very first experience at your place church. Some of you, it's today, and I'm sorry. But, <clears throat> but when, you, when, you, when you were there and someone, a smiling face was there opening the door, welcoming you to church. Do you remember how that made you feel? When there was coffee and cookies out in the foyer? When your kids came back from kids' ministry going, this was the greatest church ever. Can we come back here next week? That, that's what I'm talking about. People's lives are at stake here. And their eternity is hanging in the balance. And you think all you're doing is making coffee or holding a door, finding people's seat or ministering to kids. See, in our minds, we gravitate to the lowest common denominator. If we ask you to help us usher you here, you want me to pass a bucket? No. We want you to be there for people when they walk in from the outside bright sun and this room is dark to help them find a seat because this room is full. When we want you to stand at the door and, and greet people, you think, you just want me to hold the door open? No. We want you to be the first encounter with brand new people who are, who are giving God one last chance, who is giving their marriage one last chance who is giving their, their job one last chance, who's giving their life, some of them. You got one day, God. If you don't speak to me during this service, I'm done. And done for them it has very different levels. And so when they walk up, they pull in, and there are people in the parking lot smiling and waving at them. Someone at the door grabs the door and, and opens it up for them and lets them in. And they're, they're, they feel welcomed. People aren't in the corner going, oh my gosh, look who just walked in. (laughs) 
but we all recognize that everybody has a story. Amen, everyone. I ain't got time to say all of this stuff. We have one dream teamer who, this is how she assumes, this is how she takes her responsibility. Her husband wanted to go to Kansas over the weekend. And she's like, I'm scheduled to serve on Sunday morning. If you can have me back by 8.15 on Sunday morning, I'll go with you. And he's like, well, come on. And so they go and they spend the whole weekend in Kansas. Well, one thing led to another. They're driving back, like in the middle of the night, to get her back for church at 8.15. She's in her motorhome putting on her makeup, <laughs> right, trying to get ready. They roll in at 8.15. She walks out, and she serves you. Because she understands her role is not just making coffee, but creating an experience for the people of your place church. Amen, everyone. Uh, We're giving to this thing. Like my wife and I, we're personally giving. We're in the top 10% of the givers of your place church. People just assume we're we're just receiving from it. No, 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 no. And listen. I get it that we live in a customer service driven society. So guess what? When you need us, we'll be here for you. We'll be here for you. When you need counseling, when you need someone to pray with you, when you need us to walk through a decision with you, we're here for you and we're good for it. But we would like to also have you here for us when we need you to be. Amen, everyone. There's a scripture, thank you, there's a scripture that says we're all a part of the same body. We're all a part of the same body. Just because I'm the guy that has pastor in front of his his name doesn't mean that we're not all a part of the same body. And the Bible goes on and says this in Corinthians, it says when one part of the body's missing, I mean, just imagine if if we had to do life without our left arm or our right arm or our foot or our thumb. Like, you think your thumb is just an appendage that you don't necessarily need? Try doing life without a thumb. You know what I mean? Every part of the body is important for the body to function. And so that's what... So you expect us to be here for you when you need us, but we shouldn't expect you to be here when we need you. Confession number three. Everybody breathe. How much time do I have? Two minutes. All right. We give you an amazing amount of grace and freedom to learn and to grow, but you expect us to have already arrived. And I, and I saw this statement, we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. They did that. They said that. They shouldn't have. But for us, well, I was going to say that. I was going to do that. And so we judge others by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intentions. At Your Place Church, we give people second chances, third chances, fourth chances. If it takes ten chances, they get chances because we're all growing, which is why we have such a passion for the next generation at Your Place Church. And these young guns that are going to speak to us next week... um, and really this whole month, we've always believed and invested into the next generation. And again, I don't really invite outside communicators because I want to give our team an opportunity to speak and to invest 
Paul told Timothy, who was a young pastor, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But you, Timothy, set an example for the believers in what you say, in your speech, in how you conduct yourself, right? How you live in love, in faith, and in purity. I'm convinced that the next generation that is coming up right now through the ranks of your place church will preach circles around me. They'll lead this church to the place that God wants it to go. But I got to give them a chance to grow. I got to give them a chance to lean into this. And they're growing in their personal faith. And they can move mountains. Three things that I need you to do as the church over the next few weekends that will help set them up for success is number one, be here. Be here. I used to not tell people when I was going to be gone because people wouldn't show up to church, but now you guys are so much better at that. I'd love to hear how the, the services were packed out to hear the young guns minister. Support them. Encourage them. It takes a lot of guts to stand up here. Be vocal like you're doing for me. Amen? Do that. Like, it really works. If you're sitting here with your arms crossed and just kind of going, what's this guy got to say? Well, it's hard. But these guys, they're young. They're just trying this out. Be vocal to them. Say amen. Shout them down. Tell them how they did afterwards. Share a couple of thoughts that what they ministered and how it ministered to you. Even if they do a terrible job and you're bored the whole time, which I'm convinced you won't be. But... If you just walk up to him and just say, great job today, lie through your teeth. Okay, that's all I'm asking you to do. The only time the pastor's asking you to lie is in this moment. Just lie through your teeth and tell him, man, I'm so moved by what you said. And then the other thing is, whatever they're ministering on, put it to work in your life. Put it to work in your life. I love the stories of the young parents who are telling us about how their child is praying and God's answering their prayers. I love the stories of couples in their 40s who tell me that their excitement about church is back because they've never been a part of a worship experience where they've grown so much. See, that does something to me, to know we're actually making a difference. None of us are up here just to hear ourselves talk. We want to know that we're making a difference. The gentleman that catches me and says, you know what, I started tithing off my gross income instead of, uh, you know, what's the other one? Net. Yeah, I started tithing off my gross. I got a 13% raise in my job. And so, like, that kind of stuff helps me. James chapter 2 says, what good is it if my, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but, but doesn't do anything about it? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If someone says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and be well fed, but does nothing to help, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. Put it to work, whatever you see happening in their life. I'm, I'm super excited about this year's Young Guns. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.